NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt, just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. You got to calm down. Stop. Calm down. Stop yelling at people. Take it easy. Tell them exactly what you want and we'll get through it. Which is, I have done a hundred times since and I would do a hundred times more. Yes. But that was Vince McMahon and you don't do that to Vince McMahon, particularly in front or around other people. people. Yeah. Was, that was my mistake. I mean, if you want to call it a mistake, although I would do it, I've done it since and I would do it again. Referee Nick Patrick is answering your questions every other Monday on our new mailbag series. When Holland Nash was there, you know, he was a great worker, so they could keep he had psychology. But they were cool. And a lot of people liked it, you know? Yeah, we're selling merch, you know? And, and, and Hogan had heat. He turned, he had actually more heat than them. You know, they had heat, but a lot of people liked it because they were cool. I was like the only real character that they was calling in the other time that everybody hated. You know, like, yeah, everybody wanted to see me get <laughs> but it worked, you know. They had, you know, yeah, and so it worked, you know. Tony and Conrad have taken their shenanigans in front of a live studio audience as they sat down live with Ad Free Shows members. Hey, um, did you ever uh, pet Jake Snake? No, never did. I had a chance to in Chicago, but it was it was way too big and out of my league. Mm. What's the right size snake for you? Uh, one that just coils up and leaves me alone. Yeah. Have you ever orange to Cassidy before? Orange to Cassidy? Yeah. Would that be with the with the, one of those juicers, the juice machine, or you just squeeze it until all the juice comes out of it? <laughs> yeah. It runs down your leg or his leg. You got to be got to be specific here with your dumbass questions here, Cassio. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself. My ad free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing Austin 316. That's right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Hey, Kurt. I'm doing great and uh, great to see you. You're in a little bit different environment for those watching on YouTube. That's not the normal place we see you, man. Where are you? Oh, I'm in my new house and we're still moving in. 
<laughs> so yes, you guys, uh, and I'm sure they can tell the, a little bit of the audio difference. I'm going to do a little work on it to try to level it out and make sure it sounds as good as possible. But Kurt is in the middle of a huge move. Yeah. Him and the family moving what five, ten minutes away from where you lived before. Not far, but, but yeah. everything's in boxes right now. <laughs> yeah. So, but Kurt's like, we're going to carry on. We're going to do the show. We're going to have fun. Uh, so there you go. And guys on YouTube, if you're checking us out, we have a brand new skin uh, with uh, Milkamania. This is the actual milk truck. Our guy, Dominic D'Angelo, grabbed a picture of the milk truck and then did our over overlays for us, our imagery for us there on the milk truck. So this Thank is pretty you, badass. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. It is badass. So, uh, so Kurt's in the middle of the move, but man, that wasn't going to stop us from talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kurt, last week we talked about Brock. We did that watch along, and man, we've got a lot of great reviews and a lot of buzz online about that. He's going to be taking on uh, almost at WrestleMania. What do you think of that big match? Well, I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, you have to remember, Brock is near the end of his career. And almost as near the beginning of his career. And, uh, you know, Brock's always been in these main event matches with all the top guys. But I think now he's at the point in his career where he has to start giving back. And uh, not being at these top-level matches for world championships. But trying to build other uh, talent. And I think this is a great idea. Now, you're absolutely right. We've talked about you and your career and how you did that for a period of time, whether it was with TNA and w or WWE. Uh, so Brock's going to do this. He's going to work with the big man. So we had a lot of fun doing that watch along. If you haven't checked it out, go back and check that out. Uh, you can watch along with us, uh, you know, on the SmackDown, uh, on the Peacock app. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, but before, one more thing before I do jump into today's topic, and that is, Again, for those watching on YouTube, and you got to follow us on YouTube, today as we record this, the Friday before this is released everywhere, they announced on Pro Wrestling Tees, Kurt, that the hockey jersey, your brand new hockey jersey, is available, and I see you there. You're, you're, are you looking for yours? You got I'm yours, too. I'm putting mine on right now, damn it. Yes! <laughs> Kurt and I have been able to get ours, and these are up now for pre-order, and uh, these are badass, dude. Look how they have the line gold metal in the neck and and i mean how cool is this dude it is pretty cool i i even like the little rapper gimmick in the inside on the collar yes the back of the collar uh where you can see it when you're putting it on but these are really cool man i love the the style uh you know they have the olympic gold medal wrapped around on the back it's really cool man uh 96 is my when i won the olympics this is my ugly mug on here but i absolutely love it it's awesome yeah. They did Dominic and his team. Now, this is a different Dominic, Ruggio, and his team did a fantastic job. They're going to be working on a few other projects for you, Kurt. Uh, a guy that I met down at WrestleCade, and he said, what do you guys think about a hockey jersey? And when he threw some ideas at you, Kurt, you were like, I'm in. Yes, I did. I, and when we I saw this, <laughs> yeah. we saw this and he sent it to us, and we got to see how they were able to incorporate the 96 and the gold medal into the collar of the green uh, into the collar with the metal here i mean it's just it's beautiful so guys go to prowrestlingtees.com and get you it's up for pre-order right now uh but kurt and i are going to wear them this show to, to celebrate the launch hockey jersey kurt angle hockey jersey 
It's true. It's damn freaking true. There you go. I threw my word in there. Freaking. So listen, we talked about Brock. We talked about his high profile match at WrestleMania, but speaking of high profile, buddy, it doesn't get much more high profile than the gentleman that we're going to talk about today. And that's none other than stone cold, Steve Austin, Kurt, let's jump right into it. When was the first time that you remember seeing stone cold on TV? Oh God, 1998. I remember it. Never watched the WWE. I, I, you know, I, I would catch things growing up and, you know, I wasn't really that interested because I always shied away from it because I was an amateur wrestling. And, um, you know, a lot of the amateur wrestling community felt that it was a slap in the face that pro wrestling was considered above amateur wrestling, which it's not, it's a completely different career. But, um, I remember, uh, seeing him in 1998, I started watching raw and he was the reason I started getting interested. He was the, he was my motivation. He's the guy I wanted to be when I came to WWE. I wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I even had a leather jacket down in Memphis when I was training in Memphis. I wanted to be Stone Cold. So um, seeing him on TV, he's the one that inspired me to become a pro wrestler. Dude, a leather jacket. You're just a goatee away with your look now. You got the icy uh, blue eyes, the bald dome. You just needed the goatee. Uh, I'm not as quite as good looking as him, though. Well, Giovanna <laughs> might argue that. But, man, I tell you what. Uh, do you remember at all when he was the ringmaster or by the time in 98, I think he was already stone cold at that point? He right? was already yeah. stone cold. I didn't yeah. even know the ringmaster. I'm sorry to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> nothing. You weren't, you weren't missing nothing, pal. That's the gimmick they first brought him in as, and uh, you know, then he was able to quickly transition into Stone Cold. And man, uh, the Rockets uh, were launched. He was ready to go. So you see him on TV. You're hooked. You know, hey, I do want to do this with my career. I want to start training and figuring it out. Talk about the first time you met Stone Cold. Do you remember that time? Yeah, yeah. I was doing dark matches for WWE. I was about six months into training. They had me doing dark matches in mid-1999. And Austin surprisingly came up to me and introduced himself. Um, I'd imagine he did that because he was impressed with my past um, accomplishments in sports. And uh, Stone Cold was a Division One football player, so I think he related. And he came up and he said, hey, Kurt, how you doing? I'm Stone Cold. I said, it's a pleasure to meet you. You've inspired me uh, to be a pro wrestler, and uh, I just hope that I'm half as good as you. And he said, don't worry, brother, you will be. And uh, it was the first time that I met him, and he actually introduced himself to me. I should have introduced myself to him. That's what you usually do. But I, I think that Stone Cold, uh, well, you know, wanted to break the ice with me, and he came up and introduced himself. I'll, I'll never forget. It was in Orlando, Florida. I remember at the arena. Was it? Was he? Uh, were you intimidated by Stone Cold? <laughs> yes, I think everybody was. <laughs> I mean, my him, goodness. Him and Undertaker are the two most intimidating guys I've ever met. And oh, by the way, boys and girls, we will be talking all things Undertaker next week. So That's we'll get right. to talk yeah. about him a little bit too. So uh, he's a pretty intimidating guy. So your wrestling Kurt uh, debut with the company itself is on Survivor Series 1999, a show infamous for Austin being hit by a car, uh, putting himself on a shelf for a year because of his neck injury. Did you hope one day you'd be across the ring from him in a main event spot? I know that sounds so dumb. I'm sure you just chomping out the bit. Yeah. Yes. I mean that that was my that was my ultimate dream to be able to main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the man. He was the man from 1996 till 2002 until uh 
you know, he backed out of the company for a little while, but um, he had a great run. It wasn't long enough, to be honest with you. Imagine if that guy would have stayed healthy for another 10 years. The, the sky's the limit. I mean, he would have been, uh, you know, he was already the biggest star in the history of the business. I consider him and Hulk Hogan, but if he would have wrestled another 10 years, gosh, I mean, that guy would have uh, surpassed everybody. You know, when everybody thinks about the Attitude Era, Kurt, they think about, you know, the level of violence, but they also think about the adult-themed storylines and the way that, you know, the women were, were leveraged and just everything seemed to be PG-14 and higher. But also, it was the toll that your bodies took as far as the physicality of that era. It was a more, I feel like, physically brutal and the bleeding and, uh, you know, the broken freaking necks. And, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was going 100 miles an hour. He was doing all the house shows. He was, uh, and he made a lot of money doing it. But again, you talked about that short-lived career, and I think that's a perfect example as to why. Yeah, I mean, Steve, he hurt his neck. You know, he took a pile driver from Owen Hart, injured his neck, and it wore on down on him. He didn't have surgery right away. He actually didn't have surgery for another five years after that. But his neck had was problematic, and he knew that. So he knew eventually he'd have to have surgery. And then after his neck healed, he got an operation on his neck. He was doing great, and then his back goes out. Oh. And now he's, his legs are fluttering when he's up on the ropes. And... uh you know, the WWE wanted to, didn't want the, to show Steve's legs fluttering, so they would only show the upper part of his body. They were being very careful about how they were displaying him. And I just felt so badly for Steve. Like, this poor guy, now it's his back. It was his neck, now it's his back. And that's when he eventually left the company. Neck, back, knees. I feel like I've heard that story before, Kurt. <laughs> With me? <laughs> that's right. Steve. Hey, everything he's done. I followed. <laughs> I mean, with the injuries, you got it. Did you guys you know ever what? have? Hey, I'll give you an example. Go ahead. He he always wore knee braces, right? Yeah. Always. He never he never went without them. And uh, one time he was uh, at the airport, and somebody said something to him, and Steve was pretty pissed off, and he was like, "What'd you just say to me?" And the guy said nothing, and Steve goes to walk away, and the guy goes, "You crippled fuck." <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? Austin just started laughing. He was like, man, he got me because I do wear my knee braces all the time. I mean, what can you say? I mean, you're you're, you crippled fuck. Oh, and Steve laughed. Well, hey, good for him and good for that guy that Steve laughed because if Steve didn't laugh, that guy would have gotten his ass beat. What about, so let's get back to the next. Did you guys ever chat about, I mean, you obviously won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. You've had your own neck injuries. Did you guys ever talk about that? Because you said he waited yes. to have surgery on his neck. Yes, yeah. actually, Steve's the one I went to. And he said, listen, you got to go see Dr., uh, I believe it was Dr. Armstrong in Texas. And uh, so I went down there and um, Dr. Armstrong said, listen, we're going to have to fuse three vertebrae. I said, what does that mean? He said, your career's over. If you fuse more than two, your career's over, so you can't you can't wrestle anymore. I was like, oh shit! So now I have to make a decision: Am I going to have neck fusion, or and retire, or am I going to try to do something else? And thank God, for some strange reason, this doctor—I guess he saw an article in the paper that I broke my neck and I'm going to have to have surgery—and he calls my former father-in-law and says, "Hey, um, uh, I know that Kurt broke his neck and he's having problems." but I, I think I could fix them. And I thought when my ex-father-in-law told me that, I thought, 
this guy must be a crazy chiropractor. Like <laughs> he's gonna crack yeah. my neck and fix it. And uh, he was Korean, and he didn't speak English very well. The doctor, and so I decided to go see him, and he saved my career. He what he did, he wouldn't do the fusion. He would do quick fix-its. So if you had broken vertebrae, he'd let those vertebrae heal. And your discs that were sticking into your spinal cord or blocking your nerves from going down your arms, if they were bothering you, he would cut off part of the disc that was blocking the nerve. And then you'd be fine. But you wouldn't have a full disc in your in between your vertebrae anymore. Right. The disc would be a lot smaller. He trimmed so them eventually down. eventually your neck's going to get worse and worse. Uh-huh. So it was a quick fix. I did three of those already throughout my career by this doctor. And uh, it worked extremely well. But here I am with uh, my neck in pain again, and I'm going to have to eventually have fusion. Yeah. Well, you also, you don't you have some lower back surgery coming up here in another week or two? <laughs> yes, yes. On uh, the 21st of March. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Well, uh, let's move on with the story here with Stone Cold because, listen, buddy, you finally get to work with him for the first time in the ring. And uh, he returns from his injury. It's at 2000. You're hitting your stride. You're a big-time star in the WWF. We all know it didn't take long because you're fucking Kurt Angle. Uh, <laughs> and it's at Unforgiven, Austin's return. You two run into each other for the first time, and you offer Steve your gold medals and friendship like a nice guy. And he tells you you can stick it up your ass, Kurt. He attacks you, throws your medals to the floor. But was this nerve wracking for you getting to work with this guy finally for the first time? No, no. I was having an orgasm. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is incredible. I, w- I was such a fanboy of him. Um, he didn't even know it. Like, I, you know, I, be, I see Steve and I'm like, oh my God, Austin stand next to me. And he's like, hey, what's up, Angle? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> you know, I'd be like, like I, he didn't really affect me anyway. But, but I was so excited. I, I was such a fanboy for Steve. I absolutely loved his career and loved his character. It's something that I always wanted to do. But unfortunately, I didn't get the, the opportunity to because they came up with this nerdy milk-drinking Olympic hero character. Which you're really which good I, at. I actually enjoyed eventually. I wasn't <laughs> crazy about it at first. But eventually, I did enjoy it. But, you know, I wanted to be Austin. That's who I wanted to be. Well, well, Kurt, once the uh, orgasm was over and the post-nut clarity kicked in, what was Austin's advice to you? Did he give you any advice like, hey, man, we're, let's, you know, do you remember him kind of just talking with you, giving you some advice about working together? No, no, he didn't. You know what he did say, though? He said, I'm looking forward to working with you. Huh. So I, I guess he knew there was plans that him and I were going to be working soon. and uh, Or he just thought it was... Uh, irrelevant that eventually we were going to work together. So, you know, he, he was just saying, listen, I'm looking forward to working with you. And that was really cool. But it had to be cool too, right? Because you've also, I know you're getting really good and you're confident and feeling, feeling yourself a little bit here, but you now are under the stone cold Steve Austin learning tree. I mean, this guy's been in the business for a long time, even prior to WWE, he was in world-class championship wrestling. He was in WCW. Uh, so he's been doing this for a while at this point. You have to be excited about, hey, I'm going to learn even more tips, tricks, and skills of the trade from Stone Cold. Yeah, you know what? I will tell you this. I learned more from Steve than any other person in, in, in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve was very good at giving advice. Um, he was really good at psychology. And he was incredible at calling it in the ring. We would have match a match plan for 30 minutes. And we'd be wrestling, and I'd be like, okay, the spot's coming up. And Steve would be like, nope, we're going to do an alternative. 
And I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, I was only in the business a year and a half. And here this guy wants to uh, pull out, you know, an improvisation spot. And I was like, holy shit, you know. So what he would do is he would go off the off course and maybe come back on course. But but he was able to adapt that way. He was he was so good at improvising uh, that, that that the matches always seemed better when he was calling it instead of planning it. But if, like you said, that just made you better and then you got your own confidence doing that. Yeah, yeah, and I learned how to improvise because yeah. it's deep. You know, when I wrestled The Rock, everything was planned, everything. And not that Rock couldn't call it in a ring. I never experienced that. I'm sure he could, but we always did everything that we planned out to do. That was a lot With like Steve, what, it was different. And you know who was like that a lot was uh, Macho Man. I mean, back in the day, they always said that he was a planner. He was a detail guy, pages yeah. of notes. Oh, and I Ricky, heard, I heard. Yeah. You know, hours and hours go over the match. And yeah. So there's guys sure that are like that. And then you have you, then you have your guys like a Ric Flair, like a Stone Cold. And they're like, let's call it, you know? And, and Rick is the master. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Rick was incredible. Yeah. And, and that can be just as magical. So, uh, Kurt, the first match I found in my research that you two were a part of was a six man match main event on a house show in Buffalo where Austin would team with the rock and triple H. Here we go. Here comes all the hall of famers in this era. And, uh, they defeated you Rikishi and Chris Benoit in late October of 2000. Do you have any memories of that event in Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know what? Those guys did a lot of fun spots. It wasn't like a serious match. It was like, let's joke around. I think we even did like a six man test of strength. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're uh, there's six of us, and you know the the baby faces were winning, and the heels were losing. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. So they taught me when you have that many stars in the ring, it's better just to have fun than put on these amazing four star matches. You know, they said the fans really appreciate it, and they like when when the wrestlers have a little bit of fun, and that's what we did. And that's the beauty, Kurt, that I always found of, of house shows, right? Yeah. yeah. Little less pre it's a little less pressure and a little bit more. You can engage the, the actual crowd there and have Definitely. fun. And engage with the fans. You're absolutely right. Just like when we watched you and Cody Rhodes trying to do, you know, you were trying to put on a, a few weeks ago, you guys were showing your skills and what were you guys doing? Cartwheels around the ring in your match? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was over in Europe. Yeah. It was in the UK and Cody Rhodes does a cartwheel. And then he's like, hey, it's your turn, Kurt. I'm like, oh, no, he, he asked the ref to do it. Yeah. And the referee did it. I'm like, the ref did a cartwheel. I have to do it. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. The fans yeah. popped. It was, and it was the fans awesome. love Great it, and that's spot. the key. That's the key. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, just a week later on Raw, your first televised match with them takes place as you and Rikishi team up to take on Austin and Triple H in a tag match. The match would conclude with Hunter turning heel on Austin for a big heel beatdown, but you're nowhere in sight as Hunter had thrown you out of the ring already, Kurt. Do you think you and Austin could have been uh, had a big-time program in late 2000 with you as champion and Austin as the returning challenger for the title? You know what? To be honest with you, I don't know if I was ready for that. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's not much of a dis difference between Rock and Austin uh, as far as popularity and how fans adore them. But with Austin, uh, you know, I need to mature a little bit more, uh, you know, because like I said, he likes to improvise a lot. And I need more experience to be able to get in that ring with him. So I wasn't upset that I didn't wrestle him yet. I was actually happy that when the time came to wrestle each other, yeah, I was ready. And uh, that's what made me very happy. 
maybe the only missed opportunity at that point could have been in your paycheck wrestling Austin. Of my course, God. of course. Anytime you wrestle Stone Cold, you get top pay. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right, Mr. Money. Well, listen, you'd continue to work against him on the road, teaming with the likes of Kane to take on Austin and Taker. That's got to be a lot of fun. But your first one-on-one match against Austin is on Raw November 27th in the main event. Talk to us. Any memories, what you learned from Steve that first time one-on-one with him in the ring? Uh, like I said before, he he's just a great in-ring general. You know, he called everything. Uh, he made me feel, feel very secure. Like, I wasn't nervous getting in the ring with him. I knew that uh, when I was in the ring, he was going to take good care of me. He was to make sure I knew every spot and what I had to do. So I, I really enjoyed working with Steve. And he just taught me a lot about leadership, how to lead a match. Kurt, I want you to think about this, and uh, this is incredible. You got a chance to wrestle Steve in the six-man Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon, all right? Armageddon, guys, go back, check it out. Here are the competitors. I'm talking star talent left and right. You have Austin, Rikishi, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H. Yeah, Kurt Angle's in there, too. Is this not one of the biggest main events of featuring all these Hall of Famers? You know what? It was really effing cool to be in the ring with those guys. Here I am. I'm in my first year wrestling, and I'm main eventing with all these Hall of Famers. It was incredible. And we're talking the best of the best. Yeah. This match was amazing. And uh, I just remember the the biggest spot of the match was when Undertaker chokeslammed Rikishi off of the cage onto a truck. And uh, what an incredible stunt. That match, um, a lot of fans tell me that it's their favorite match, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm not really into gimmick matches, but if, I, if I'm going to have a gimmick match, the Hell in a Cell is the one I would like to have. And I was very happy with the outcome of that match. And I retained the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that because you know we're not gonna escape a Kurt Angle show without making sure everyone knows that you won that match. So, <laughs> you, but I, I, I'm telling you though, it, it's got to be a little chaotic though, putting a match like that together. Six of you in a Hell in a Cell was it? Was it? Yeah, you know, you have to have timing. Everybody has their spots in the match. You have to know who you're following, who's leading you. You have to know what order you're gonna go in. So uh, it, it's a, it's a very it's very hard from a memory standpoint. You have to make sure you have everything A to Z. I mean, the, the, and and you can't make any mistakes. Those matches are really hard. You can improvise here and there. There's fillers because the match is going to be 30, 40 minutes. But you have to know which spots coming up next, and you have to be have make sure your mind is in the match. Well, Kurt, as you said, you would retain the title after Rock uh, hit you with the Rock Bottom. Austin stops the count, hits the stunner on the Rock. Hunter broke up the pin, and you would sneak on top of the Rock to get the one, two, three. Do you think that was a good finish uh, to sneak over on Rock instead of maybe pinning him with your finish? You know uh, what? I, I, at that point in time, with my experience and where I was on the card, um, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself at the very top at this particular time. I was still in my rookie year, and uh, I think the finish was the right call. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, put it this way. If I would have just dominated the match and, and angle slammed the person and made the person tap out, um, you know, the, how how real would that feel? Like, uh, to, to have a rookie dominate yeah. uh, Hell in a Cell match with five of the top stars in the company. Yeah, they, they made the right decision. Yeah. No, I like it too. Uh, I think that makes sense. Let's talk about WrestleMania. 
man, how bad or how exciting, how bad would you have wanted to be in a WrestleMania match with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh, God, that was my dream. That's what I wanted. Uh, and not only that, the pay would have been incredible. <laughs> no it would doubt. have probably been seven figures. Uh, so, yeah, that was always my dream. Unfortunately, it never happened. Uh, but but I was able to at least go a few pay-per-views with them and uh, main event those pay-per-views, SummerSlam, I believe, <laughs> Unforgiven, I believe, uh, and I think one in the middle. I think we had a triple threat with Rob Van Dam and myself and Stone Cold. But, you know, I'll take those. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm completely satisfied because wrestling Stone Cold at WrestleMania would have just put a cherry on top of my career. Uh, I completely agree. Most of your 2001, Kurt, is working against Steve or with him, which we've covered in the archives. Was there ever something Steve didn't want you to hit him with, considering his neck injury, or did he just completely trust you and vice versa? You know, surprisingly, he did not limit himself. He wanted me to do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to German him, angle slam him, belly to belly suplex him, it didn't matter. Stone Cold, I even hit him with a DDT once. Uh, so Steve wasn't really trying to protect his neck. He trusted the people that he worked with, and he trusted me. And uh, th that made me feel very good, made me feel even more confident about where I was heading. Kurt, a lot of times on the show, you've talked about some of your favorite opponents of all time. You've talked about AJ Styles. You've talked about Rey Mysterio, Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit. How high up is Steve Austin as one of your all-time favorite opponents? Well, I, I would say... From a, um, uh, a, you know, a popularity standpoint. Yeah, star. He's, he's top. He's the top. Yeah, yeah. He's the top guy that I've always wanted to compete against. And, and that's that's who I aim to, to go up against eventually. Uh, was he my favorite to work with as far as in-ring chemistry? No, but he was pretty close. I would say he's in the top five or six. Uh, and no, no disrespect to Stone yes, Cold. Just because we both didn't have the same, you know, chemistry together. Like that's like right. Everybody has Benoit. different chemistry. Uh, but yeah. but Austin was one intense son of a bitch, and that's what I loved about him. He was intense. He's the only guy in the wrestling industry to get me tired. He blew me up at a at a house show one time at Fresno, and he always texts me, "Hey Angle, remember Fresno." And I'm like, F you, Austin. Fresno, that never happened. <laughs> so uh, we always joke around about it. But he was really intense. He was as intense as Chris Benoit was. He oh, really like, was. Yep, that's yeah. a good comparison, the intensity level. Uh, before we move into, because I'm going to ask you if you have any other funny in-ring stories with uh, about the Texas Rattlesnake. You sharing that story, you also shared that on the Broken Skulls podcast that you did with him, which was on uh, Peacock. You were on Austin's uh, podcast. Talk to us about that experience. How was it to be on the Broken Skull podcast with him and, and get to do that that podcast? Was that? Oh, God, it brought back so many great memories. You know, the cowboy hats and oh yeah, you know, talking about our matches together, talking about my career and the time him and I spent together, uh, wrestling each other, teaming up together, doing goofy videos with each other, promos. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do that and uh, brought back a lot of great memories. They do a real nice job with that show. I mean, it's professional. They have graphics on the screen. You, you know, look, seem to be comfortable uh, sitting in the chair. It, it's a well-produced, well-prepped deal. It really is. Deal. It, really is. Yeah. it reminds me a lot of uh, real ones with my nephew-in-law, John Bernthal. 
his his production's incredible too. But Austin has a great podcast. You're exactly right. Which, by the way, shout out to John Bernthal, who we've had on the show before, and he's coming back as the Punisher, I saw. That's right. Yes, yes. He's, he's kicking ass in Hollywood, man. So uh, we'll give him a shout out and say, if you didn't, didn't get to check it out, Kurt and I got to interview him. It's in the archives to do that. Uh, so I do want to find out any funny in-ring stories that come to your mind regarding uh, Stone Cold. Oh, I can't think of anything right now. We had a lot of laughs, though. I, uh, For some reason, I can't think of it. But I do remember um, one time um, I was uh, we were done with the match, and I went backstage, and Austin, I went into his locker room. He obviously had his own locker room, okay? <laughs> at least at this pay-per-view, he did. And um, so I go in there, and he offers me a beer. I said, no, Steve, thank you. I don't drink beer. And Shane McMahon happened to be in there. And Shane goes, Kurt, come with me. We go outside. He goes, listen, you never refuse a beer from Stone Cold. Go back in there and tell him you're going to drink the beer. <laughs> so I had to go back in and say, hey, Austin, I'll have a beer. So we drank a beer together. And uh, Shane taught me a lesson, you know. You, know, you need to respect people. And uh, if they offer you something, you need to accept it. And uh, it, it didn't didn't hurt me. I need to drink one beer, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, it was a an you were a milk guy. Calories. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. yeah. So that completely uh, answers my next question because we were going to ask: Did you uh, ever get into a beer drinking contest with Stone Cold? Apparently Never not. a beer drinking contest, but I shared a beer with him. And, okay. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I, you know, Austin, you know what? Shane actually moseyed in on it too and got a beer as oh, well. Of course. So we all drank a beer together, but it, it was pretty cool because we just had a great match and we were just sitting back, relaxing and talking about it and celebrating what we just did. Listen, Kurt, you were one of his final singles matches on Monday Night Raw in late January of 2002. At that point, did you see, hey, he's, he's tired, he's getting beat up? You know what? Uh, he did tell me that his back was bothering him. And um, at that particular time, I gave him my doctor's number who did my neck. And um, this doctor also does lower backs. And uh, Steve went to him and the doctor said, Austin, I can fix you. And Steve got up and walked out of the office. And, uh, I, you know, when I when I when I was uh, sitting at home one day and the doctor calls me and says, hey, Kurt. I just talked to Stone Cold. He just left my office. I told him I could fix him, and he got up and left. I said, oh, my gosh. Well, that's crazy. I think Steve didn't either believe him or Steve didn't want to have it fixed. I don't know which one it is because hmm. um, uh, I, I think it's he didn't believe him because uh, I, I do believe Stone Cold wanted to keep wrestling. That That's always, you know, there's no reason why Stone Cold wouldn't want to keep wrestling. Sure. Obviously, he would. So I don't think it was because he he um, didn't want to have it fixed. I think, it, honestly, he just uh, thought that the doctor couldn't do it. Yeah. But this doctor does incredible things. He really probably could have <laughs> fixed Stone Cold's back, but unfortunately it didn't happen. Well, not only that, sometimes, too, it, it, it may seem this is a little bit too good to be true and a little fear and be a little tentative. Like, what if he can't and something goes wrong? Well, you know what? I, I will tell you this. This doctor does quick me fixes, okay? So it's not going to be a complicated surgery. He's going to go in there, cut out part of the disc, and see if that doesn't keeps the nerves from flowing, keeps the nerves flowing throughout your back, down your legs. 
So um, I think that Stone Cold just felt this guy, there's a little something off about him. Yeah. I believe it. And nobody's cutting into my body when I'm not sure what's going to happen. So I do understand why he did that. And, uh, uh, but, you know, me, I took the chance. And, he and, and to this hat. day, you're happy that you did. Yes, I am, because yeah. I would have had to end my career back yeah. in 2001. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, were you seeing any unhappiness from Steve as far as creative and everything that was going on with the whole NWO storyline? Story I mean, seeing? he wasn't the happiest person in the world. Uh, you know, we, were, we would talk every once in a while. And I, I think he was a little bit... Uh, hesitant as far as getting all these guys in here at one time because they were very political in the past, and I don't think Steve wanted to deal with that. And uh, I think that that was a little bit of the reason. But you know, when you have Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and everybody else coming in all at once, it's kind of you know it's kind of overwhelming. Like, okay, where am I going to be on the card? And not sure. that they would have taken Stone Cold spot because they wouldn't have. But I think that Steve was a little bit hesitant on uh, the politics of it, what they would do politically to try to uh, make their way up above him. And, uh, you know, I do remember, I believe Steve wrestled the NWO at WrestleMania. Scott Hall, There was yeah. more than, yeah, it was more than one wrestler, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It ended up being like a handicap match, kind of. Mm -hmm. So uh, Steve made sure he got the win on that. So I think that that spoke volumes of how he felt about it. Yeah, it it feels it, but even so, them coming in, it just feels like there's a shift or things are changing. And and if you're not talking to him again, communication. So it all comes down to communication. And if you're the WWE, you got to hope that someone at that point was having good communication with Steve, and that he didn't have to deal with all this unhappiness. Honestly, or, I don't know if anybody was communicating with him. I don't know if people were telling him up front, "Hey, the NWO is coming in." Yeah, I think I think it just hit Steve by surprise and Steve was like, Whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. So I don't blame Steve for feeling that way. Yeah. Let's get back to you and Steve. Do you have one match that stands out to you as your favorite match with him? Of course. When I beat him for the world championship, <laughs> Unforgiven, 2001. There you go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What was crazy is I just told this story not too long ago. Um, what happened was Steve was supposed to retain the title. I was going to have a program with Steve. Steve was going to continue to beat me. We would have a no contest. I think he lost by DQ at SummerSlam. And then we had the triple threat match with RVD. And then we were going to have the blow off with me and him at Unforgiven. And Steve was supposed to go over. Well, this is right around 9-11. So, you know, me, I was the Olympic hero. I was the guy that was back in the USA. And 9-11 occurred. And I thought, man, this country needs a shot in the arm, a boost. And so I went to Vince and I said, listen, I'm wrestling Stone Cold and Unforgiven for the world championship at my hometown of Pittsburgh. I really think because of 9-11, I want to give uh, the country, the United States of America, a boost by beating Stone Cold in, in memory of, the, of everybody that, that, that uh, didn't survive in 9-11. And uh, Vince said, well, you're going to have to ask Steve. <laughs> I was like, Okay, I'll call Steve. So I called Steve, and he said, hey, let's do it. I said, you know, Steve, I don't have to hold the title very long. I just want to get this win to get, give the country a boost. He said, hey, I'm, I'm all game for it. So it got changed because I changed it. I came up with the idea of doing that, and I thought mm. it was really cool that Vince and Steve, you know, listened to a guy that's only been in the business for a year and a half 
and uh, and decided to do that. I thought that was really cool that they decided uh, to let me win the title, even if it was just for a week. Yeah. Now, do you think that, uh, and we're talking about this time period, and you think about the invasion, right? The NWO coming in. Do you think your feud with Steve was hurt at all by the fact that it's all going down at the same time as the invasion? Like it's kind of feels like it's a kind of a, you know, cloudy. uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the invasion, uh, kind of, uh, put a dark cloud on everything. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The invasion was the fourth highest pay-per-view sales. Oh, I know. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a very good storyline angle. And I think that's the reason why it might have um, uh, deterred our program. Because yeah, it was, yeah, it, it didn't have the bigger. same boom. You know what I mean? The yeah, same effect. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt, you're right. Do you think Steve's time in the company would have lasted longer if you two worked at WrestleMania instead of Steve in the NWO? Um, I don't know. Uh, th- that's a hard question because yeah. I don't really honestly know how he felt about the NWO. I'm just assuming how he was thinking, but. Um, Probably, I think. I think uh, you know him. Him and I wrestled at WrestleMania instead of him going with the NWO. It might it might have uh, deterred his uh, reasons for staying. You might be right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, when he walks out. Right. So this was all about that match they wanted him to do with Raw against Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw. There was no build. He finds out you're showing up and you're, you know, going to lose to Brock Lesnar. Do you blame him for walking out at that point due to his, his unhappiness? No, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, if anything, he should have been clued in a month before this. Um, you know, he he has given so much to the business and he yeah. was so important and crucial to the business. And here, this young kid's supposed to beat him, 22 years old, doesn't have much experience at all. I mean, he is a beast and an incredible athlete. Brock Lesnar is, but Stone Cold's the man. He was the man carrying the company for five years, six years. And um, I think that, you know, if, if that would have happened to me, I would have felt the same way. Like, why not have a build-up? Yeah. Why, why are you doing this? Just, you know, you're making me feel like I'm not relevant, you know? And I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, you know, that, that that's tough. I mean, that's got to hit him pretty hard. Yeah, again shitty communication and and yeah it just it just kills things did you talk to him around this time or after this time do you remember or was it no no i didn't i didn't i wasn't talking to him much at this point in time because i wasn't working any programs with him uh we we would text each other every once in a while but we we weren't really talking been close contact when i was working a program with him we were very uh you know, intimate as far as talking about things and discussing things, problems that we had and stuff going on in our lives personally. But when I wasn't having a program with him, we we didn't speak that much. Well, buddy, he makes his big return in 2003. How happy were you to see him back in the company? Anytime Stone Cold comes back, it's, (laughs) it means money, money, money. (laughs) And I mean, you gotta be hoping, man, I hope he has one more magical run in him because it's going to be a hell of a time with Stone Cold. Yeah, and the pay-per-view sales are going to go up and the, the ratings are going to go up. I mean, anytime Steve Austin's on TV, the ratings are definitely going to go up. I mean, it's, that's just who it is, who he is, and, and there's no doubt about it. 
And man, the same night you take on Lesnar at WrestleMania uh, is also the same night. It's Rock and Austin. I mean, did you remember seeing each other backstage, talking at all that night? Or were you guys just all both focused on what you had to do with your own? We were just focused on the task at hand. I had my match with Brock. He had his with The Rock. Uh, I was really happy that they put me on last as the main event at WrestleMania. I thought that was really cool because they could have done Stone Cold and Rock. And uh, they decided to do us, which I thought was great. Now, news did come out, Kurt, that uh, the night before that mania, Steve had a panic attack, and uh, it was pretty bad. Did you had had you heard about that at the time? Um, I heard about it, you know, vaguely. This was like months after. I I didn't even know it at the time. Uh, I don't even know what the panic attack was about or what what was. Um, you know, bothering Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, so I, I really couldn't tell you what it was about. Well, not only that, he has a panic attack the night before. Your broken neck going into the match with Brock. Brock's eventual injury. It feels like this mania was snake bitten, wasn't it? My yeah. goodness. It sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. You're right, <laughs> right. And it probably was, but the fans didn't see it that way because, you know, nobody, seeing me wrestle, you wouldn't think my neck was broken. And Brock actually was able to stand up after he almost broke his neck. Superhuman. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He bounced back quickly after that. And Austin, you know, he had the panic attack the night before. So nobody really knew. Not yeah. until after. So yeah. much shit going on that we all talk about now on podcasts, you know? Just incredible what was everyone was dealing with. Austin, uh, Kurt, would make several appearances over the years with WWE, including at ECW's first one-night stand. Man, I love that, which you were a part of. Uh, Raw Homecoming and other shows. Did you keep in contact with Steve after he stopped wrestling? Yeah, yeah, we we text each other every couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we kept in touch. Uh, we still do to this day. Um, you know, usually it's just a reminder. Like Austin will text me and say, "Hey, Angle, what's up? Remember Fresno?" <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'll say, "Forget Fresno, Austin. It never yeah. happened." So uh, yeah, we do keep in touch, which is kind of cool. So I think I laid an impression on him, and he did the same as with me. And uh, I think we will always keep in touch. And who knows? Maybe you'll bump into each other while you're out in Los Angeles during WrestleMania weekend. We will. We will. We did last time, last WrestleMania. Uh, you know, Steve was getting ready for his match. He was all fired up. And I was like, do I go up to him now or do I wait? I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to have to say hi to him quickly. So I said, hey, Steve, how you doing? He gave me a hug. And he went back right back to work, started focusing on his match. So I didn't want to sit there and bullshit with sure. him. I knew he was getting ready. Do you consider Steve to be the biggest star in pro wrestling history? Yes. Uh, I would put Hulk Hogan up there with him as well. Uh, I think if Steve would have had a, a longer career, okay. he would definitely be tops. But uh, him and Hulk Hogan are the two biggest. To, to tie, tied for first place. There you go. <laughs> what was your relationship like with Steve once you had to TNA? Did you keep in touch at all? I know you've talked about Yeah, here and there. You know, yeah. like okay. I said, we, we would reach out to each other every once in a while. It was always... You know, usually it's the Fresno thing. It's always that with yeah. Austin. He'll never let me keep that, you know, let, never let it die down. He's always going to bother me about that or bug me or tease me. But um, it's really cool that we did. You know, I had an artist that from the UK do a portrait of him. And um, so I, I reached out to him to tell him, hey, uh, where do you want this sent? Because this guy did this artwork about on you, and he, he you know, he told me, so I had it sent to him, uh, which was pretty cool. But um, we do keep in touch here and there. 
probably three or four times a year. Not much, but but we do. Did you ever say, hey, Steve, do me a solid, uh, make an appearance in TNA. Or, come on down here, man. Say hi to me. Shake my hand on screen. Come on, man. You know what? I don't think Austin would ever be caught dead. Uh, being <laughs> I'm not saying that TNA is not worthy of it. I know, but man, he's such but, a WWE guy. They have, yes, he's all WWE. Has it all written all over him? You're yeah, right. you're right. Yeah, I mean, he done so much for them. They've done so much for him, and and uh, there's just no way he'll always Talk, be a part of WWE. Yeah. You mentioned last year Austin doing his WrestleMania thing. How much did you enjoy he and Kevin Owens? Uh, and man, how much do you wish that was the match that you could have gotten as your retirement? You know what? That that was great. I, I think that Kevin did a great job, made Steve look strong. Uh, Steve did an excellent job, too. He got ready for that. He trained hard. He prepared himself for it. And that's one thing about Austin. When he's going to do something, he goes full go. And Austin got ready for that. And he, did, he had an incredible performance, especially for his age. Buddy, we as wrestling fans started to see a few months ago him working out like a madman on the social media, and we're all like, "We're all like, oh, we hope that's for WrestleMania." (laughs) And it turns out it looks like it's not. But you know, that's just that's who Stone Cold is. Like, you just he's he's just electrifying. I know that's the Rock's cliche, but he is. It's it's. I remember uh, Kurt in 1997 and 98 in Philadelphia going to these shows, and I couldn't hear my best friend sitting right beside me because the arena was so loud i'd never heard like anything like that before in wrestling i've never heard anyone pop uh for stone more than they did for stone cold especially at wrestlemania last year that was the loudest pop it was in texas which was maybe yeah, that home- much more incredible because that's where stone cold is from but that was the loudest pop i've ever heard it gave me chills i was backstage i was like holy shit you know so i went out i went out and watched i i went like in front of the curtain where where the athletes wrestlers go in and out to go into the arena and i stood right outside the curtain and watched it because i had to see that that was a, just an amazing uh display of, of of appreciation from the fans you know it's big when you got a star like kurt angle that says holy shit the fan reaction <laughs> yeah. for this guy you know? chills, man even my wife was out there with me watching she's like holy shit this is loud yeah Unreal. Well, listen, we got a lot of fan questions for this one, Kurt. So we're going to jump right into those. We're going to start with Liam Evans. And he says, Kurt, this is some fantasy booking. If you could have a tag match against Austin in 2023 out of today's top wrestlers of any promotion, who would your partner be and who would Austin's partner be and why? Well, for many reasons, and this has to do with Austin and I, Being way up there in age, uh, we're going to have to have some guys that can work, that can go. Guys like Seth Rollins or AJ Styles. Guys that are going to make us look good, even when we we can't make ourselves look good. I mean, we're going to try to make ourselves look as good as we possibly can, but you're going to need wrestlers like that, guys that can make other wrestlers, uh, whether they're inexperienced or older. I'll give you an example. Jay Lethal, when he wrestled uh, Ric Flair in that tag match. You got to have somebody like that. And I think that AJ Styles and Seth Rollins uh, on each of our teams would have been great. Okay. So you get to pick. Do you, are you taking Styles or Rollins? Kurtz gets first choice. Well, well, I'm familiar, very familiar with wrestling AJ. So I'll have you on the other team and I'll, I'll have Seth on my team. Okay. I like that. I like it. Kurt and Seth versus Austin and AJ. 
Yes. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Man, that is a dream match. Francis Reyes is up next. Do you think by pairing you with Stone Cold brought the best out in you? Yes. Oh my gosh. He, he was my inspiration. He's the guy, the reason why I joined the business. Uh, I consider him one of the greatest of all time. He is the most popular wrestler of all time. Uh, can cut a promo just about as good or better than anybody else. In the ring, he's one of the best in ring in generals. Uh, you know, he, he can improvise on a, on a dime. Uh, the guy had it all, and he had an incredible look. So, yes, yes. All right, here we go. We have some uh, couple couple fun ones here. First, Keegan, uh, who is a big supporter of us on Twitter, he says, "Have you asked Austin about having another exhibition in Fresno to get some redemption against the Texas Rattlesnake?" <laughs> hey, by the way, everybody forget Fresno; it never happened. Uh, you know, it, he never blew me up as much as he wants to say it. It never happened. It's not true. It's not true. It's not damn true. <laughs> well, you know what? The next person, Simon, he says, Hey, we're at real Kurt angle. Remember Fresno question mark. <laughs> and he tagged stone cold in it. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you, fan. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Appreciate it. Kurt. Thanks you. Uh, specter says, when did you think your rivalry reached its peak with stone cold? When I beat him for the world championship, um, that was in Pittsburgh, I believe in October of 2001. Uh, that, that's when it peaked. Uh, that's when we were at our prime. Uh, I believe uh, we we're going to have a match two weeks later where Stone Cold beat the title, uh, beat me for the title and won it back. And that, that would have been on TV, I believe, on Raw. Yeah. So I think we peaked when I beat him for the world championship. All right. Next up is Hazard F5, a friend of the show, as uh, they like to say. What did you think of the booking after the end of the Invasion Survivor Series 2001? This is after you double-crossed the Alliance to a huge pop. I'd have thought we had a, a babyface Kurt back. But the next night, you're presented as a heel with Austin again being placed as the babyface with you know no real expl explanation. So what did you think uh, of the booking here? I thought it was stupid. I mean, here I am, I saved the company. And then Vince McMahon comes to me and says, listen, because you saved the company, you think you're going to be a babyface. But no, where you're going to be a heel because you're going to brag about it. You're going to tell people they owe you because you saved the company. I'm like, why am I going to do this, Vince? He said, because you're a better heel than you are a babyface. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. Wow. Like, I'm saving the company. And then the next time I'm turning back heel again. This is too much flip-flopping. I yes. was baby heel, baby heel, baby heel. It was just like incredible. Like Vince never let me consistently be a baby face or a heel. I was always flip-flopping back and forth. Coming soon to the Kurt Angle Show store, flip-flop angle. Uh, coming with the t-shirt. <laughs> or, or we'll just sell flip-flops with the Kurt Angle Show on them and we'll all know what they mean. Uh, good stuff. Matt Godfrey, he says, Kurt, what's your favorite match? SummerSlam with him or Unforgiven? Unforgiven, only because I beat him for the world championship. <laughs> it's always wins, uh, baby. You know I would say SummerSlam was a better match. Uh, I didn't like the finish because Stone Cold got dis disqualified. There was no real finish in it. But because uh, because there was a finish at uh, Unforgiven, I'm going to pick that. Fernando has a fun question. We know how Steve likes to offer a beer to talent. We just heard how he offered you a beer and you told him to go pack sand until Shane McMahon slapped you around. <laughs> has Kurt ever offered Steve a glass of milk? Yes, I did. I did. Actually, um, uh, it was, uh, where were we? It was about a week after he offered me the beer. 
And it, it was a big joke. I had milk and I, I pulled out a cola and Austin was like, oh, you got some beer? And I said, nope, I got milk. And I gave him milk. He said, I'm not drinking that crap. <laughs> so, so he wouldn't drink it, but, uh, you know, I offered him it. Uh, I've been waiting for this one. Jeremy Priest, what was your favorite segment to ever do with Stone Cold, Stone Cold and why did it involve the cowboy hat? <laughs> I was just going to say the cowboy hat. <laughs> um, you know, Steve Steve came up with a lot of this stuff. A lot of stuff we were doing, he was coming up with it on the dime. Like, the, these weren't like heavily written segments where everybody prepared for them the week before. It was on the, off the cuff. It was on the fly. Like, hey, let's do things with cowboy hats and let's do things with badges. And like every day was like we came up with different ideas and most of it was Steve. And Vince, too. Vince was coming up. And Brian Gewurz did a lot of good writing for us. So, uh, But Steve was the guy that really came up with these ideas and concepts. And they, they really made a big impression on the fans. I mean, fans remember those segments forever. Uh, we have a couple fun questions here, Gert. First of all, who had the better dome? You or Steve? <laughs> <laughs> two well, Count Kyle. By, that's from Two man. Count I, Kyle, I by the way. Steve's is a little more round than mine is. I got a little bump up here. Okay, so you're giving Steve the uh, the, yeah. uh, the A plus on the dome. Yeah, plus he got he went bald first. All right, okay. Uh, he says I'm just kidding. Too late, uh, two count, Kyle. We we got it in there. He said, "Do you think the heel uh, turn could have ever worked? The writing and consistency were all over the place. You just talked about it, Kurt. But there were some moments of greatness. Do you think with better timing and creative, he would have had the heat and been a real dastardly heel, or was he just too revered to ever be seen that way? That's tough." Because he was revered. He was even revered as a heel. But I think if they would have stuck with him and him do some really raunchy stuff, I think that Stone Cold would have been the best heel. I think that, that fans would have flip-flopped on him and turned on him because they remember him as Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rule breaker, the beer drinker. If he started going by the rules and taking, and taking orders from Vince... I think that people would have been like, this guy disgusts me. Oh, yeah. He's not the Stone Cold he used to be. They could have done a lot more to make him a heel. They definitely could. Yeah, either that or, or really coming out strong against the fans. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pick and doing things fans. to really <laughs> nasty to the real bit to the babies at that point. You know You're what I mean? You're definitely right, Paul. Yeah, yeah, they could have done it, yes. Yeah. Uh, Brad Stanton's up next. Uh, was there any segments with Steve that you loved that never made air? Oh, that's tough. Um, we did a couple of comedy segments that didn't make the air. I'm not sure because of time running out or Vince just didn't think they, they should have made it. Uh, so I can't remember what they were, but we did some s certain things that never made made it on TV. Yeah. Well, this is a fun one from our buddy Yambag Jones. Is it true that Steve threw more potatoes than an Idaho farmer? <laughs> you know what? Okay. <laughs> I can't sit here and say, oh, Steve was stiff. He was stiff on me because I was stiff back. So uh, does Steve throw potatoes here and there every once in a while? Yes. But so do I. So I can't complain about it. And uh, I don't think, uh, you know what, Steve, Steve is a great worker. There's no doubt about it. He doesn't have the punches like Undertaker. Like Undertaker, they look so real, but they never touch you. Undertaker had that gauge where he knew exactly how to how to do it. Steve and I never perfected that. 
So, uh, so I would just, it sounds like you two just threw a few potatoes back and forth at each other from time oh, to time. Oh, we potatoed the hell out of each other, but, well, there you go. but we knew, we knew that both of us weren't, weren't going to have to apologize for it. <laughs> right. But he had the perfect bald head. He was just pot- potatoing your knotted up bald head. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. My bump on top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Rob has our final question this week, Kurt. You've said that Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of the main reasons you wanted to become a wrestler. You said it earlier on in the show. Did it take you a while to shake the butterflies working with him or was it immediately business as usual for you? For me, it was, it was exciting. I, I couldn't wait to get in the ring with them. Um, so I was never nervous about it. Not, not as much as I am normally. Uh, but, but I was more excited about working with him because he was always the guy I wanted to work with. So more excitement than it was, uh, being nervous. Hmm. Guys, listen, that's going to uh, wrap up this episode on Stone Cold Steve Austin. But next week, we're going to talk about another one of his favorite rivals. He just mentioned him. That's right. The Phenom, the Dead Man, the Undertaker. Kurt, I can't wait to talk about him. Me too, man. The Undertaker is one of the greatest of all time and the greatest gimmick in the business. Oh, no doubt about it. Listen, before we get out of here, we have a few reminders as we do each and every time. First of all, check out Kurt's past top impact moments, impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with the code Kurt. And you're going to want to do that now because in in a few weeks, Kurt and I are going to talk about him leaving TNA. I'm sure we're going to cover some fun (laughs) clips from that. We're also going to do a lockdown 2008 watch along. So that's upcoming as well. And the best thing for our YouTube subscribers, we have a relationship relationship with them that we don't have to block out any of the videos so you see it nice and clear uh but check it out impactwrestling.com forward slash packages use promo code kurt also go over to afs right now adfreeshows.com you get this show and 11 other shows early and ad free uh starting at just nine dollars a month and right now they are offering a promotion where you can get the first week completely free uh so sign up for a free trial why not give it a trial and see what it's all about about adfreeshows.com. Uh, there's an insiders show over there right now with John Filippelli. Uh, I don't know if you remember that name at all, Kurt, uh, but he was uh, a, a huge uh, helper and worker and helped. Uh, you'll hear Bruce Pritchard talk about him a lot on Something to Wrestle, uh, but he was a former WWF executive, uh, and he also worked there at Titan, um, and he uh, w- joined Conrad Thompson for a behind-the-stage interview. That's and so cool. they Yeah, so they talk about that. Uh, lots of good stuff over there. We have some live experiences over there as well that you can check out. And then also we want to make sure that you know that you can advertise with us. That's right here on the podcast. Uh, our business targets 25 to 54 year old men. We do really well in that space. It's many of you listening to this, that, to this show are in that age range. There's no better place to advertise than right here with me and Kurt on the Kurt Angle show. Uh, you've heard us do some ads for some of the same companies for years. Why is that? Because it works. They love us. So check it out. Advertise with Kurt.com right now, and you can advertise right here with us uh, i want to touch on the social so check out our social medias follow the youtube like subscribe and turn on notifications youtube.com forward slash the angle pod we are making serious strides on the youtube page so i want to thank all of you for that kurt tell them about physicallyfit.com and where they can find those chicken snacks all right if you notice my uh gimmick here just fell down i did <laughs> These are chicken snacks, chicken snacks and uh, snacks mark crispy protein bites. One's organic or chicken protein, one's organic plant protein. 
there, there are 11 different flavors. They're all delicious. We have a uh, honey barbecue. We have um, um, sour cream and onion, buffalo chicken, buffalo pizza. Cheese. Yeah, there, there's so many. They're all incredible tasting. You're gonna love them. They're they're spicy and sweet, one or the other or both. Mm. But you can get these at um, physicallyfit.com. You could use the pro uh, the pro the code AnglePod to get twenty percent right. off your order. Or if you want to sign up as a lifetime member, you get twenty percent off for the rest of your life on the website. So go to physicallyfit.com to order these. You're gonna absolutely love them. Are you a spicy or sweet guy, Kurt? I like both. Like like the uh, buffalo blue cheese is sweet and spicy, so okay, that's got a good zing to it. But the honey barbecue is delicious too. I love this. I hear I hear that you like to eat this the sweet during the day and you're spicy at night. So I don't know what that means, but there you go. <laughs> All right, and also my sex life. <laughs> and that is for Kurt Angle after hours here on the Kurt Angle Show. <laughs> Guys, also check out KurtAnglebrand.com and you can find lots over there. Whether it's if you want one of those little cowboy hats, that's over there. Milk cartons. He's got birthday cards. He's going to do cameo videos and t-shirts. Check out KurtAnglebrand.com. Isn't that right, Kurt? Yeah, go to KurtAnglebrand.com and order whatever you want on the website and I'll send it to you. You'll have it within a few days. There you go. And guys, check out all things Kurt Angle Show uh, merchandise over at boxofgimmicks.com, including the new ratings machine t-shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see some of the shirts right up here. Uh, the Steel City Angle, uh, the sweatshirt and t-shirt, that's available as well. And as we said, Pro Wrestling Tees, available for pre-order right now. These hockey jerseys, and man, are they beautiful. Kurt, when I saw your the skin coming up, I thought you were about to go topless, but that's just your bald head on the jersey. Uh, our ratings were about like to go boob. through. It looked like a boob coming out, and I thought our ratings were about to go through the roof, but no, it's just your bald head. Kurt, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing the show with me today. Thanks, Paul. I had a lot of fun, too. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.